0: Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our Q&A sessions, where David and Brent answer questions from the audience and also any questions from our social media followers. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode.
1: Hello, welcome to. Oh, hold on. Oh, yeah, I got my light on. I didn't think my light was on. Uh, Welcome to Q and A. We are going to dig into some questions that have been piling up in the backlog as well as deal with um, a particular hot topic that uh, sort of showed up that we want to discuss. We're going to start to get used to um, trying to get a little bit more interaction before these streams. So Scott has gotten in the habit of sending them out there and even recording some of the responses that, uh, that, that come out. So we'll be showcasing some of those tonight as well. So that way, people who can't make it to the streams, can their voices can still be heard, which I think is uh, um, definitely a fun step in the right direction. Let's bring David in and we'll get this party started. David. hey Brent. So um, what are we doing now? <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, um, I I don't know I don't know. What oh okay okay. Yeah, you
2: mentioned something along the lines of sharing some of the comments or, or the answers yeah. that are coming from the community. Right. That, yes. That sounds like a great idea. What, what is it? it?
1: It's, it's so basically um, when we have these Q and A's, uh, Scott's going to get in the habit of. Picking up on hot button issues that uh, maybe good, maybe a particularly good question that gets asked. Because as most of you in chat, hi chat, most of you know that Scott usually um, sort of sends out um, social uh, platform invites or um, sort of advertisements about the Q and A's, um, and usually kind of showcases a topic or a theme, and those are usually coming from a question that came from the community. By the way, if you have a question or a topic that you'd like to see discussed on these streams, all you need to do is reply to one of uh, Scott's many different uh, um, uh, posts on on these topics. He is always listening and always watching. He's a little omniscient like that, and uh, they end up in this little grid, and then we end up trying, you know, that's what we call the backlog. So what I'm saying is in the past, all we've done is make sure that the best ones rise at the top and we deal with them on the, on the stream. But now what Scott's doing is also, these are starting to really interesting topics are being discussed in real time and people are reacting uh, to some of these sort of these, these kind of topics. And so he, uh, Scott's been recording some of these reactions. So if you have an opinion on some of these topics, you can share those as well. And we're going to talk about that. Cause I think what's interesting is topics that are divided and where people have very different opinions on are the pr- perfect kind of things to discuss, because obviously finding some middle ground is always a nice thing to try to do. So there you go. In a nutshell, that's what we're trying to do.
2: Yeah, And Brent, lastly, where are all those questions posted? You said that just answer to the post. Yeah, yes. Scott.
1: So so I believe the main places are still Instagram and Twitter. Um, Scott can correct me. He's right there in chat. So feel free to correct me in real time, Scott. Yeah. So Twitter and, and Instagram are usually his go-to. So those are easy to find us. Um, if you don't follow us uh, already, then you probably should because there's all kinds of cool conversations that are kind of happening among, among the community um, between streams. So... There you go, yeah. Facebook as well. He yeah, pretty much he's yeah. just everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> think of Scott as the the Agora Soron. Basically, he's just a big eye that's always watching. Minus the fire. Um, okay, so I mean we can. I mean we can deal with questions in chat. Um, that happened tonight as usual. And we can also dip into the backlog of said questions. Um, we could start right off the bat if you wanted on this one particular question, which I think is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to warm up first? Uh, you
2: choose. Let, okay. Let's warm up. Let, let's yeah, go. I just figured. Give other people way time to,
1: yeah. I wouldn't want people to show up late and be like, ah, I missed all the action. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me, uh, a let little me direct- easy one. Okay. A little, a little, little uh, softball uh, little league lob
2: yeah
1: oh let's see i would uh let's do
2: oh, you're you're looking too far just no i, to I, take the I just want to make hundred. sure i
1: guess i think i would get this one here well, I mean, so I think Scott. I think let's let's do let let's we could start right off the bat with this this hot topic that that came out that we were talking right before the stream. Just for fun, let's start ads, with that.
2: There are an anim rogue that had two, you know, question at the top of the list, right?
1: Yeah, well, the blue one is the one that's the that's the one I want to wait. That's the one we're warming up for. So let's 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 grab the one at the social media topic, the one that Scott essentially advertised, uh, which was regarding uh, our um, it wasn't it wasn't what he advertised. Sorry, it was something that has been in a lot in social media. A lot of people are talking about it. So let's talk about this one.
2: Oh, and that's what you call warm up. All right, let's. let's Amen. <laughs>
1: sure. <laughs> sure. Hey, hey, sure. Either right. either let me jo- drive and get out of the way, or <laughs> or take take the wheel, buddy. Let's do it. Let,
2: let, let's warm up with this super <laughs> political and sensitive stuff. sink or swim.
1: That's the Agora way, isn't it? You you're the one that taught me that. You know, I just know. jump in and try to figure it out. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, on uh, Twitter. I saw a post saying that uh, that the, the amount of unpaid overtime this artist worked at the company equated to one hour of pay for Bobby Kotick, CEO of Activision, um, and that totaled around $77,000. That's that's a little bit viral right now. A lot of people are talking about that in the industry. Yeah. So let, let, us, let us talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about
2: it, it. It's great when you can... Uh, come with those comparisons that, that are <laughs> like, okay, let, let's just take the flamethrower and <laughs> what is the most outrageous uh, yeah, comparison yeah. that, that, that we can yeah. make? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, where to even start? Um, mm. I need to start with unpaid overtime. Um, yeah, I, I, have, start. I have empathy for those that are in <clears throat> a situation at their studio or within their team that they kind of feel the social pressure the peer pressure of doing unpaid overtime. Mm. But I think that we all need to have a little bit more ownership on our decision. Uh, if you did unpaid overtime, you yourself have decided that you're going to do unpaid overtime. Mm. Um, so, mm. it, so, I mean, the comparison here is, is still pretty uh, striking, but it's, you know, I would say on, on, on one side, it's difficult to agree, Un- unless you were promised to be paid and you were unpaid. That's a totally yeah. different situation. But if you know it's going to be unpaid and you willingly do it to... Yes, mm. you can use it as a comparison for someone that is mm. making a lot, but it's, sure. it's your goal. So, like, so for me, it's almost like, okay, the amount of overtime that you did is the equivalent of one uh, hour. Uh, I'm personally not shocked at all with, <laughs> with this. Um, yeah. This is not a game I mean, industry just, problem. I mean, the first, I don't even remember, but the first time that I, 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 I myself realized how much money a CEO and just, you know, hopper management of big corporations are making in general was in the uh, uh, 2008, you know, uh, the, the last big uh, recession, when you had <laughs> those banks that basically broke the system and you had those totally. multi million <laughs> bonuses. Uh, yep. to, uh, uh, to the same people, and this is when yeah. you realize that oh my god, it's extremely unfair. And oh, yes, yeah. it is. But one hundred percent. And and I think that this and no, it, it, it's not fair. But I would I would say that there's probably other industry that is even worse.
1: Oh mean, yeah. Show, like the financial show this, industry, for instance.
2: Yeah. Like the financial industry or, you know, this worker working at a, a Amazon <clears throat> warehouse at 15, 20 bucks an an hour, for instance. I mean, we, uh, it's, it, it's fine to make those comparisons, but our industry in general, we <laughs> are in, in in comparison with many other industry, We are quite well paid in general if you take the uh, average not all studio not everywhere but on average we're usually fairly compensated yeah. uh but if you compare this compensation for what you do and you compare it to a ceo of <clears throat> any big corporation you're well, going that, to be yeah. depressed because for sure. no matter the industry is going to be just ridiculous
1: well, this is where you're comparing yourself to the 0.1 percent Right. This is not. Yeah. This is not. And this is not an apple and oranges sort of scenario. This is sort of like a yeah. an apple and. I Can you think of a proper scenario? Yeah. Watermelon. Watermelon is not big enough to, to to fully make this analogy, but you get what I'm saying. It's just yeah. they're in completely different ballparks, and anybody in any industry is going to look at that and go, "Really? But, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah." And yeah, you know, in capitalism <clears throat> is a a very uh, efficient uh, uh, system. It's a very dynamic system. But, it's but not you're basically, system. you are, you're not rewarded for how much you contribute to society. You are rewarded financially by how much money you generate in, in yeah. the system, like yeah. roughly we can. So and I did this conversation <laughs> with uh, Kelsey, uh, Andrew's uh, wife, who's actually, mm. you know, helping uh, kids with dis- disabilities and all that. And, you know, by and large, she's bringing much more good, <laughs> way more society value yeah. than we do. But yeah. her salary is nowhere close to. What uh, you know supervisors would make it's in true. our industry. Wow. That that's totally early, unfair, but it's another way to to make those comparisons.
1: I would I would make a comparison also to early childhood educators, you mm-hmm. know, uh like people that operate daycares, like people that we entrust with our children in their most impressionable and vulnerable years, these people get paid. Peanuts, and then meanwhile you get like you know, people that are just like just for showing up. They make millions of dollars. It's it's yeah. completely broken. I mean, there's nobody denying. Yeah, that. If like, you go in
2: education, I mean, what about those crazy loans that you know uh, that students have to to take? And yep. how much money the big upper management of those yep. private well-known schools are, are making? <laughs> and how much? How many dozens of million they're going to invest in a new stadium that they don't really need? Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, there, there's a lot of, but basically, you know, CEOs, their role in, in big corporation it's to maximize the profit of their shareholders. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, if the studio is making a lot of money, which means that the <laughs> the the stock, the shares are going to grow, and there's some you know target. If they hit the target, they're going to make. An insane amount of money to and to compare this system in between CEO shareholders and the salary of those that are actually making the product that are generating the IP. We can make those comparisons, Mm -hmm. but
0: it's just not fair.
2: It's almost it's not that it's all fair, but it's it's almost irrelevant. It's compared to completely completely different different universes. Again, completely unfair, but it's been unfair forever this way. So I'm not I'm I'm impressed by those numbers. (laughs) I'm totally not surprised by those numbers. They are on par with everything that I've seen in most other industries.
1: You know, full disclosure. Um, I don't want anybody to mistake my uh, my my wholehearted agreement with what David's saying as somehow apathy for this, because it's not. I think this is not about me being apathetic or David about being apathetic. It's just mm. it's the world we live in, and don't let it be a distraction to the point that it somehow demoralizes you, because you could still make an amazing living doing this stuff. And like David said, we're not making excuses for maybe some of the bad policies that some of these companies that exist that take advantage of people and like force them, even like like you know, with the culture of like workaholicism to like do that over time and then not, not compensate people. Those yeah. are wrong no matter what way you look at it. But there are definitely people that are, are willingly staying late, even though they were told not to and still making comparisons like this. These are different scenarios. So like you got to take a, pay, you know, take a step back and ask yourself like, you know, don't let money be the only factor here because you can very quickly yeah. convince yourself that you're unhappy, your job that you were really happy with just literally just a moment ago. But because yeah. you see a comparison like this and you're like, oh, yeah, the system's broken. Let's storm the castle. It's like, OK, go ahead. Here's go for it. But like, you know what? At, at the end of the day, there's not going to be any revolution anytime soon. And this is unfortunately just the way that, the, like you said, capitalism works like this. Yeah. So, being,
2: being angry against the, the system is not going to be a healthy thought no. for for you. No. It's as if you were angry about the one that win the lottery. It's literally the point zero one yeah. person that, that that's gets. it. That is there, and and you know what many mm-hmm. of those i many of those super rich people are miserable because they're completely unhappy <laughs> and unfair with with their yeah. life, and they might they would many <laughs> of them envy just being a creative person that is paid a salary mm-hmm. and come back home and can empty mm-hmm. their mind and do other creative stuff, and they don't have all of this pressure, so yeah, yeah, th- those are impressive numbers for sure, but yeah, uh, but don't focus on them. them. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: Focus on you being happy and mm-hmm. be able to make enough money that's of at least market value of what you do, right? And make sure that you are your 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 work conditions are healthy, both emotionally and physically. Those are the things you have control over, but you do not have control over this. So be realistic when you're getting upset and broken about this kind of stuff because it's very easy to get caught up in the drama and it's just it's not it's not productive. And I, again, yeah. I'm not saying you're going to feel the way you're going to feel, but that's that's definitely how I feel. Yeah. There I you go, warmed up, huh, David?
2: We need to be especially careful nowadays that we, we now have information about everything. Yeah. There's yeah, yeah. there's million of reasons to be angry oh, yeah. and offended and frustrated. And it's one of, of the, the many that's million. It. Just <laughs> right stack there. it
1: on top of the pile in the corner there of uh, grievances for 2021 that's just started off. Um, so now they're all if you know, properly warmed up, we can talk about this other topic. So yeah, it was definitely not more, it was less of a warm up but more of like a kind of like a hit I the ground we're, running kind of scenario. Warm up now. Yeah, we're warm, man. <laughs> okay, so here comes the spicy one. This one's from Petar, and he's always, he never disappoints yeah. with spiciness. Um, let me drop it in here. I'll read it first as usual, cause I don't think it's gonna fit, but maybe it will, let's see.
2: Oh yeah, this one will fit.
1: Oh, oh yeah, you're getting a good feel for it. All right. So this is the one that went out there on social and people had some opinions. Um, I will share those opinions uh, and then David and I will kind of dig into it. But I, I do like this idea of like having, you know, people, other people are weighing in on this. And this one definitely came out as very clear that there was some division in here on people's mm-hmm. different, different takes on it. And I think that that's particularly juicy. So let's get into that. I've heard people say that having a popular movie character, i.e. Spider-Man, in your own reel is not advised because it'll draw immediate comparison into the actual move and come our actual movie i think and come off as underwhelming in contrast thoughts Hmm. so that's a good one i like it um i i had a very visceral reaction to this but you know then having then reading some of the comments and other perspectives i'm like okay those those are some decent points i will share my perspective um after i go through these points though do you want to do you want to weigh in now do you want me to, to go through the uh, there's three there's three three that uh, that that uh, Scott at least collected that were sort of uh, comments based on this let's let's go, listen to those go, first go
2: with those I'm sure they're not going to change my my thoughts on, on this yeah one. no. I will oh, 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 just you know
1: <laughs> okay so uh, uh, perspective number one it depends on the studio you're aiming for if it's Sony then you could show some some show off some of your spidey skills and good point Um Uh, Perspective number two, not only is it not about trying to compare yourself to the movie your character is from, a huge portion of your reel is about showcasing your ideas and personality. If you pull your character straight out of film, it doesn't properly show your ideas. Okay? And perspective number three, art is going to be compared no matter what. If the job you're being hired for is possibly superhero-related, why wouldn't you want that on your reel? The director will help you make uh, make it a better product. Uh, sorry, make it better for the product, anyways. So, David, where are you in this argument?
2: Um, I mean, I'm excited. There's <laughs> there's good arguments both ways, so I, I'm going to. Uh say the disclaimer that this is my own opinion, but you know, I, I'm happy to debate those, those thoughts.
1: If our conversations have to start with a caveat like that, it's always gonna be juicy.
2: Yeah. Pitar, um, buckle uh, up,
1: buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh I personally do not agree that it would be a bad idea. I think it's uh, totally subjective, it's going to play in your advantage sometimes, it might play in your disadvantage other times, but I think that overall randomness is, is going to not, not have a, 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 a big effect. It, it won't make a big difference. <laughs> is your animation good or not? It's going yeah. to make the difference. Sure. And literally, let's say the Spider-Man, there are some Spider-Man fans <laughs> that will be like, oh yeah, Spider-Man on the showreel and it will attract their attention because yep. at the end of the day, a, what you want the reviewer <laughs> of the showreel is, is to remember your showreel. That That's your, that's a goal. Yep. It's your uh, single only goal, really. And in a positive way. That it's yeah, not like, preferred. oh, my God, I've seen the worst. That It's, you know, <laughs> it, it might help to remember, remember your name. And if you send a way better reel afterwards, it could play in your favor. But mm. number one <laughs> goal, you want them to remember you for the yeah. good uh, reason, yep. And some of yep. them might remember you better if you have a well-known character that they can associate some of their memories. Yep to what they've seen there, to your name, and this is going to make the difference of the name that they will remember the day that they have to hire someone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good animation. What matter? And, and by the way, we're talking about the character rig here, but it could be the same thing with the line of dialogue that you're going totally. to take. Do you take a totally. line that's been used over and over and over, or is it classic one that argument? You recorded yourself. The music that you're going to use is it a, the top forty song of mm. the week, or is it an obscure band that you you know for a fact that uh, no one knows? Maybe it's your uh, your uh, own band, um, but. I would say for me, what matters mostly in your choice of other than, than quality is try not to be offensive w- with <laughs> what you show in, in your showreels. If idea. you're using a beloved character, be careful. Don't, don't destroy the, this character. Mm-hmm. Don't be violent yeah. with this character. Don't do anything in your acting choices yeah. that might be a- offensive <clears throat> for a lot of people. That's the same thing for the choice of line of dialogue. I mean, it might not be the best idea to have a line that is just swearing and super offensive oh, yeah. and all that. And that's the same yeah. thing with music. I mean, you might, you know, death metal might be the music you listen to when you work. Great. Don't put this in your showreel. A yeah. lot of, yep. of reviewers would just be like, ah, no, they, they're, they're just yeah. going to skip it because you lost them <laughs> in the first five, five 100%. Seconds. 100%. So it doesn't mean that you need to be mm. mainstream, middle of the road and please everyone. No, yeah. no just don't go in those extreme that you totally. know that there's many people. Yeah, uh, that That's good advice be- in
1: general. I feel like it's yes. good life advice. You know what I mean? Like people, anyone yeah. finds themselves at a very extreme end of any spectrum. You know, people talk about politics like left wing and right wing. If you're extreme left or right, you should probably check yourself really quickly and ask mm. yourself, because mm, extreme anything, I mean, look, I'm not saying don't be who you are and don't 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 uh, pursue your convictions. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying be vanilla. I'm saying, even though vanilla is my favorite flavor, um, <laughs> we'll save that for another chat. But I, what I'm saying is, that like you just like, you know, like if you're, if you have such radical thoughts, yes, I know that radical thinkers are who can eventually, if hopefully they're positive ones. I mean, at one point, I'm sure that there was a radical thought that women should be able to vote. It seems crazy to think of that now, but it actually was, you know what I mean? At one point. So I'm not saying that we don't want people that have radical thoughts. I just, let's just make sure that they're, they're, they're constructive and, and, and they're positive as opposed to something that's negative. It's, it's funny. Cause this reminds me, you uh, you remember before Agora Community was launched, um, I did this crazy. I still have some that I never released. I should go back in there just for fun and release them. Um, but I did this huge. It was I decided to take all of the entries from an Anom challenge uh, one month. And I literally just like at this marathon, I like recorded myself for about six hours going through every single one of them. And then I was just editing them slowly. And it actually ended up becoming the format that we now use for Agora community reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I saw it, I saw a couple in there that were using some very, uh, difficult lines and like, to taken out of context, like for instance, I think one of them was like, um, um, One of them was from, like, Blazing Saddles, Mel Brooks' film. Um, And uh, it's just, like the language? I mean that that movie was dealing with race and uh in and, and it was comedic, but like it takes a professional comedian to pull that kind of crap off. And if you pull that out of like out of a movie that might people might not have even seen before because that's an old movie now and drop it on your reel, you are just asking for the hate. So you better be very very careful. Don't put yourself in that kind of a position. It's just not worth it. Trust me. So yeah, I remember having to give that that feedback, and um, and it was kind of like I was dancing on eggshells because I wanted to offend them because the animation was actually not bad, but like I'm just like, Ugh. is it hot in here? Or is it just me? <laughs> um, I, this also this also reminds me of. Um, um, of of a of a of another anecdote really quickly, so you, I I used to work at Ubisoft and I used to teach at Ubisoft Campus a long time ago. While when when, while I was there, and Ubisoft Campus was just um, it was a kind of a cooperation with some of the colleges here in Montreal, and they had this campus that was sponsored by and they Ubisoft essentially gave kind of give access to some of their professional uh, sort of uh, employees to, to, to that, that wanted to do to, to work on some teaching, um, and I remember having to spend a whole afternoon one day deprogramming my entire class because some of the Ubisoft recruiters showed up and was essentially telling them that don't bother putting any kind of sports stuff or anything on there that was like, they started talking about how Ubisoft, they only are interested in like, you know, you know, assassins running around with swords, and I'm just like, okay, I, this feels really weird because they're they're recruiters that work for the same company I work for, but like literally ignore them. There's <laughs> because at the end of the day, that is the worst advice I have ever ever heard because nobody cares about such specific. Is from from their point of view, people who don't understand animation that are working as recruiters, and this I, this gets into a very interesting topic. We should probably save for another day because David and I have lots of opinions on this. Where the the awkwardness of having There's too people, many too many. There's just so many. The, the, it's this idea of there's these this barrier of recruiters that are kind of doing a first pass filter on who might end up on, say, David's desk as far as uh, potential candidates. Sometimes that's very broken. And sometimes the wrong people are doing that. I'm going to be completely honest with you. And that's a pretty good example that particular day. So, you know, I think, I think honestly, the one that I respond to the best is the first opinion, which was it depends on the studio. And I would add to that the person. Because if you could do a little bit of homework, of who's, who, who's going to be looking at this? If you want to keep it safe for everybody, try to make it safe for everybody. But if you're going to make a reel that's specifically targeting a studio in question, then you might want to think twice about what goes on there. And I don't, and, and maybe, you know, if you can get a sense of the culture, I think you can roll the dice. I don't, I think they would probably be flattered most often. And if they're not sophisticated enough to look at it and go, oh, well, why would they do it? It's like they're probably going to look at that and go, yeah, this person totally gets it. Like you imagine the, those Ubisoft recruiters I was talking about, they, that's exactly what they would have wanted. If they were if you were to just take out, you know, their their Assassin's Creed character at the time and make make an animation, they'd be like, yeah, these people are they they're made for this company and then they're going to get on the right desk. So, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't think you can go wrong either way, to be completely honest with you, because you don't know who's going to picking who's going to be picking that up and taking a look at it. Yeah. So follow your heart, my friends, and do something that work with something that gets you excited, because that way you're going to show off your best skills. And like David said, that's all it really matters at the end of the day. Um, okay. Wow. Good one. That was nice. Now I feel all limber. Um, do we have any questions in chat? Uh, I think me. we
2: I think do. We might. I see one or two Q in there.
1: Okay. Scanning. I'll work from the, maybe the bottom. Oh, there's one there, right at the very bottom. The Sentry. Let's try this one. Um, I think this is the one you wanted me to, 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 to tackle anyways, Scott. It was from YouTube. Hello, Vest Entry. Um, in a similar vein, would it be advised to avoid more popular, commonly available rigs like the um, the 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 the, uh, the Stoff's Link plus Zelda r- rigs, so you don't give off the vibe of yet another Zelda slash Link animation? Yeah, for me, that's the same thing.
2: It it, it thing. doesn't. It's not that, that it doesn't matter, but it's random. Some yeah, yeah. people will like it. Some people yeah. will like it a little bit less. But you, there's no way to know. So I would say no. if that's a rig that you're comfortable with that's going to allow you to go faster if that's a character that Mm -hmm. inspires you and you're motivated just just go for it if you're equally motivated and all that and it's really 50 50 and you have a super original rig that no one has seen and a well-known character and you're unsure okay well go with the rig that no one's seen because at least in your mind you won't have any doubt that it played into the uh, the (coughs) refusal that you had from that studio so if anything that's going to buy you peace of mind but overall it's not a major factor
1: yeah. Just don't overthink it. I I like, I totally agree with everything that David said. I think you, you just not, it's, you just have no control over it. You don't know what, what how that's going to play out. And I think that more often than not, no one's really going to care. As long as the animation is good. I think you spend your time making sure that you're doing original ideas with the character. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, try to find ways of, of pushing the envelope with the character. And because I mean, there's something, because here's the funny thing, right? The job, by the way, spoiler alert, the job of an animator is someone who can can get hired and work for someone who's probably working on an IP. And it means you need to sort of figure out the recipe for that. So in other words, your job is going to be about taking a character like Spider-Man, for instance, and then animating in a way that it looks like Spider-Man and feels like Spider-Man. So if in a way you're kind of showing off one of the core skills that an animator needs to be like a chameleon, to be able to pick up on and convince um, uh, with some sort of authority on uh, that, that, that the character is legit and canon so you know what i mean like there's that that's another p- argument for the positive on this is that you can but you got to do it well you want to execute you certainly don't want to do a crap job on it because then yeah you're going to be compared it's so easy to compare you know all this great work and then yours oh like but i mean i just don't think uh i don't i don't think it should be part of the issue you got other bigger things to worry about i think than this that's for sure
2: yeah i think th- there was another question just oh, slide. this Ooh. one this before or after
1: right before oh yeah right above a yumi hey yumi hey, i I've, I've seen you hanging around here question i've heard many stories in my studio where animators worked so hard and for so long on a sh- on on a shot just for the vfx block um <laughs> for, for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the character out uh, to sort just sorry just Classic. for the vfx to block the character out all the work is just wasted is this common do you guys have any stories yourself oh my god countless mm, my god
2: yes countless stories <laughs> i think i'm just trying to there's too many i'm just trying to remember which one would be the first production i worked on uh, at uh, at dreamworks was shrek mm-hmm. 4 and there was a sequence, a pretty cool sequence um, that was fully animated, fully rendered, fully, fully everything. Like the sequence is done. This six minutes of the movie is done. Oh boy. And eventually, story <laughs> changed a little bit. And this sequence makes less and less sense. And eventually, all right, bye-bye. We're removing this sequence. It's That's not in it any making of. It's not anywhere. So like it's it it not happened. just one animator that (laughs) plus one character of one shot that it's literally hundreds of people uh uh, weeks of work that is uh that was yeah man that that happens it's It's called being a professional artist it it it's right you are you're (laughs) that's why we often say don't attach yourself too much to the end product enjoy the process hard
1: to do hard to do um, but you got to find a way of doing it
2: but and Sorry, if David. you want to, you know, take a walk, meditate, just you know, <laughs> go go in your safe place. Totally. There, there was a there's an art form that always fascinated me from the uh, Buddhist monk. I don't remember the the name, but it's basically they're spending days, if not weeks, to craft those amazing <laughs> uh, painting, but with a little mm. colored yep. uh, dust, and it's super precise. And there's yep. the level of details is insane, and it's super long. And when it's completed, it's, it's just beautiful. And then yep. when it's completed, they take it, they yep. go to the nearest river, the nearest stream, and yep. they fill everything in the stream. And, this is, and then they start over. And this is a process just to yep. detach yourself from the mm. end product and yep. enjoy the journey. Because yep. it, it doesn't mean that you cannot be proud of the end result and be no. happy about it. But if your own satisfaction and happiness is dependent on the end result, yeah. and this end result is owned by someone else or another corporation that you don't have control to. It's just, you know, pain is going to end at at some point because this, (laughs) this sad production story happens, you know, very, (laughs) very very often.
1: So, I mean, I agree. And I think like I was sort of saying how it's easier said than done. Um, So for those who do struggle with this, which is by the way, everybody, um, you know, what David's saying is a very good way to sort of spiritually, you know, you know, a, a, a nice spiritual barometer to, to, to this kind of, um, or a, a good, good way to kind of have a good attitude or philosophy on this. I have to say though, that it stings a little deeper, especially if for instance, uh, like that monk, those monks that do this, they don't rely on the next paycheck <laughs> to be able to show this. So for them, mm-hmm. it truly is just the journey, but I, but I, it doesn't, it doesn't detract from the truth that is in what you're saying. Cause it is absolutely true because like you said, like, yes, that's a good point. It sucks because you can't now show that maybe on a demo because maybe it just gets buried because you don't always get access, especially to shots like this. Um, um, and so it can it can sting a little bit because it was a lot of work that you cannot now use to get that next job. But at the same time, like David said, you have no control over this. So mm-hmm. you, can, you could be sad and frustrated about something you, you don't have control over or find a way of sort of shifting your attitude and just accept it as part of the reality, um, as hard as it might be.
2: The glass is always half, half empty, half full. I mean, in this case, I mean, be like laugh about it. And that's just going to make a good story that you can tell for the totally. rest of your. How many of your shots have a good story that you can tell for yep. many times and and make your friends and peers <laughs> laugh about it? So that yep. good for you. Now you have this story. You can move on with your career.
1: it's it's true because they do have good story. They do turn into good stories because the one I always think about when someone brings this up is someone you, uh, you and I both know is their initials is FC and they worked on a certain production that was known for this because there was a lot of crunch at the end and they were, just killing themselves on last minute revisions and all these sequences. And they were really, really good. These sequences and entire sequences. And we're talking about like, this was a VFX pipeline. So there was like many departments involved and it was just like, it, they were making changes to the edit at the very last minute and it just didn't make it. They cut these entire VFX heavy sequences right from the film. And it was just like people were just like, it's like they just took their, it's like people gave birth to this baby and it was like someone's like, thank you. And then just threw it in the trash. It was like, what are you doing? And I think uh, it's from not all, easy.
2: From all the different expertise or, uh, uh, you know, industry that were, into VFX is probably the one that you need to have the thickest skin mm. as an mm. animator. And probably VFX. as an artist in, in general, VFX, yes. Oh, yeah, I totally Because agree. the number of version that you're yep. going to do, yep. Uh, yep. there's many VFX studio that are, oh, okay, well, we need to take your blocking. Someone else is going to finish yeah. it. The number of shots that are just yep. you know <laughs> removed from the uh, uh, edit, the number of animation that there are so many reason. Yeah. Uh, I think the ratio in between hard work and what you see in the screen in VFX is might be among the, the, the lowest <laughs> in our industry yeah. compared to what is yeah. actually experienced, uh, either played or, or 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 viewed. So uh but you know, there's plenty of other reason why it, yeah. it could be an amazing career, but <clears throat> a thick skin in VFX is pretty much imperative. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I I would say a close second would be gameplay animators. But the reason why I agree that that's number one is because gameplay animators, it's hard to argue that, that you put the same level of polish and care into a gameplay animation than you do a VFX shot. VFX shot are notorious for just like, there's so much... So much like micromanaging on the the pixels on these shots where directors are have they have so much to say and you just you just working on this and you're and you're super proud because you become emotionally attached because it's with you for a lot longer than you ever will be with a gameplay animation, I think. And so I think it's for that reason that there's that really big lopsidedness to this particular scenario. That's a good juicy one. I like it. Um,
2: more questions.
1: Yes, look at that. So let's see here. I I I'm gonna do this one for Scott because this this is a good one. This I don't think we've even I, have we not talked about this yet. Okay, so can you sneak a shot that's been cut onto your reel, but just make sure it's only go only goes to the recruiters? Uh, <laughs>
2: sneak a shot that's been yeah, meaning oh, okay, it, so something so a shot not you weren't supposed released. to have yeah. Mm. Of course you can. <laughs> I mean, there, Just don't tell anybody we said nothing, so. Uh, what is interesting, mm-hmm. that question is it might bring a concept that could be new to some of the mm-hmm. audience. Uh, yeah, yeah, many people have their public showreel and private yeah. showreel. Absolutely. Um, it's it, it, it used, um, and, you know, I've even seen people in the interview that will bring their iPad to show oh, yeah. because they, they don't even want to put it on Vimeo with password protected. No, they are. But yeah, uh, and that's, <clears throat> that's often the reason why some show are or public with no password and other needs a password. Uh, this is where usually yeah. you kind of show the stuff that the production is already released. you know, it, there's no big arm, but you don't a hundred percent have the <laughs> approval to, to show it either, so it's going to yeah. be there. So, yes. Uh, you can do it. Those that are doing it are usually making sure that it's password protected yep. and they're yep. going to share it very to very specific people and probably with a disclaimer of by the way, the production is released, but there's shots in there that's done. So please keep keep this show real for yourself.
1: Yeah, there's a delicate balance here that in you know, and I, I think this sort of there is a, a bit of a don't don't um um uh, what is it? Don't uh, what the hell? I'm, I've lost the don't, expression. Don't something. Don't tell. Don't um, don't ask. Don't tell. Don't ask. Don't tell. Exactly. Um, there's a bit of that kind of thing going on, but you got to use your best judgment here. Because here's one of the things you got to think about, and it's a, a perspective that I think really helps. Consider this: you're interviewing at another place, another studio, and you're showing your former studio's pub, like non-public. Um, stuff possibly right and so what impression do you want to leave on this new employer who now might see you as a bit of a liability because I'm telling you that's not the message you want to send so you need to be very professional and you need to have that conversation um, you know I'm not saying that they're trying to bait you and ask you if you could. They can see some of your stuff just to see if you're going to show them. I don't think anyone's that uh, malicious, um, but I mean, it, it, this whole thing operates on a level of trust, and you need to uh, just be respectful and use your best judgment on this. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason why though, this whole don't it, it's ticky is because you know some people go by the by the policy of like you know it's better um, to do and ask for forgiveness later, you know, um, because somebody's somebody's coming you work for are going to be ex- like v- draconian with some of their legal procedures and some of their paranoia and if you ask you're definitely not going to get the yes and mm-hmm. now you've just screwed yourself because now if you were then to go and defy that and then go do it now you're just asking for a heap of trouble so it's it's I, it, this is very difficult and there is no right or wrong answer on this and I certainly wouldn't yeah. want to give anybody any kind of straight advice it's going to come down your own comfort level and and who you're meeting with and being very transparent and respectful to all of these things so good yeah, luck and, out there and, and, and,
2: <laughs> and think about safe. it is it really worth it even if you consider that okay Absolutely. well I, I kind of think that okay well does it mean that your show without yeah. this shot is going to make a it, difference very because good if question. it's just one other cool on top of your other 20 cool shots yeah. is it, don't it worth don't the bother. Risk? Yeah, exactly. Just just don't.
1: Totally agree. I totally agree. If you've been stuck on a project for four years and some of my, you know, a lot of colleagues that you and I work with on a regular basis, uh, especially ones that work in games, there's a lot as a tendency to when they work at big companies, they could work on a game for many years and it just gets canceled. And then now what? Now what four to five years and it's like, they got nothing. So now you're going to show a bunch of stuff. That's like a five-year-old demo reel. Can you imagine that's awkward? And so I could, so these are special circumstances that I think kind of require some special sort of like, you know, allowances, but again, tread lightly and just, you know, make sure that you are, um, You know, doing it on the up and up. And like you said, like David said, I think a really great way is like bringing on an iPad. That way it's never been on the internet. You know, who's to say like, it's like you, you you leave without only copy and no one can actually like, you know, leak it or anything like that, which is usually the biggest concern that a company has is that, that you're not able to protect their property. Yeah, the
2: 2022 version of that would be the iPad right on the webcam. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. As long as they're not recording the the, the, the meeting. But but I really like what you mentioned about, you know, if you show something (laughs) is super confidential, you are also messaging that you will probably do the same to the others uh, afterwards. And I would say that this applies to just, just don't say anything bad about your previous never uh, uh, employer i mean you can never. mention that you know there was a lot of overtime expected and you know it was not a fitting with my current you know family situation with the uh, young kids and all that you you can keep it more like my situation didn't fit into this kind of context and ideally yeah. you're not applying in a place that they're going to just in terms of culture demand over overtime to to yeah. everyone but whatever you're going to say About your previous employer, they're taking for granted that this is what you're going to say about them in their next one. So just one hundred percent. Again, it's your call. You say whatever you want to say. Just keep this in mind. Whatever you say, this is what they they know that you will say from about them.
1: and is it worth it? Always ask that question on all these kinds of things because you got to weigh the pluses with the minuses. You don't know. How do you know that the, that, like, here's the thing. There's a couple scenarios. Yeah, maybe you were working in dumpster fire. Maybe it was completely unfair and the whole place is on fire and no one blames you for leaving. It's probably one of the reasons why they contact you in the first place. There's new employees because are like, okay, like we heard, we get these, we get news flashes all the time. It happens all the time and it travels in director circles, producer circles. People in leadership at studios will often be like, oh, did you hear about uh, this studio? it's on fire right now and people are looking to jump. And so this is important because it it allows uh, these other companies that a, it's great because they can become life raft for people that need a, a new job. But also it's like, we're looking for good people all the time, all, every studio, especially now. And so we want to be able to grab some of these people to like to, to help them out and to help ourselves out. So basically, even though that might be true and all these things are true, you don't know the people you're interviewing. How do you not know that those people are friends with some of the producers and some of the other people that are in and so you have to be careful that like you know how like just just be careful because everyone knows everybody and you don't want to say the wrong thing and it could be taken out of context and here's the other thing the other thought i would leave you with is consider this if everyone knows that that's such a train wreck that where you're coming from, but yet you still remain cool and calm and professional in the interview and don't say anything bad about them, they're going to think you're a freaking superhero because they know where you're coming from and they know you have every right to bitch and complain. But you don't because you show restraint and restraint is a very, 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 very important tool to have uh in productions and i think in just in general right like because otherwise you might just be a wrecking ball and it's going to be bad chemistry and you're just gonna be a complainer and then it's like you know what you're already being flagged as a um as as a as a as a risk um and so you might not get the job just because of something small just like you let some little comment slip and then it's over Mm -hmm. so it's good stuff just juicy stuff tonight I like
2: it. All right. Another one from Veronica right after.
1: Hmm. Actually, there's another one from Vicentri. Wow. Oh. yeah, let's ju- let's I'm, I'm let's losing kind of... track. It's okay, I got it. I'm on it. Um okay, Vicentri with another one. Um you seem I don't think I've seen you before, so hi. If you're new to the stream, welcome to the community first of all. And um, I'd like to pick people's brain at some point is cuz we've been seeing more people on YouTube. Uh, we're not too sure exactly why that's happening. We simultaneously broadcast to Twitch and Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube, uh, but usually it's primarily Twitch, but we've seen an uptick in uh, YouTube. So if you have any perspective on I'd love to know how you discovered us for Century and why you're watching from YouTube. If you could post that in uh, chat, that would be amazing. Um, while each reel is different and tailored to each studio for those just starting out, is there a sort of... Recommended inclusion list to always have, i.e., like walk, talk, heavy lift, etc. Hmm.
2: Uh, not really. I, I mean, my, my first idea there is obviously it's going to depend on where your your own level of animation. Right? <laughs> uh, we could say. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a just have a great physical like uh, uh, performance with the face and, and the body and all that, but maybe you're not, you know, really good at facial animation uh, yet, and it's not something that you can fully uh, apply. So, I think that the number one rule remains you need to have good quality stuff in your showreel. And if at the level that you're at, it means like a good walk, a good, a good physical. Thing, but you're not ready to put your facial and performance stuff out there just just go with that uh and it's uh, uh it's fine um totally for the walk the 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 you know the uh, in general if you're going for for uh a showreel that's going to be very broad and you're going to send it to VFX and game studio and animator, basically to every studio uh, around, there's a couple of things that you want to make sure that that you have. So good physicality. Uh, it could be through a performance, or it can be parkour, or it can be anything else, but something that showcase that you you understand, you know the the uh, 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 you understand gravity, you understand anatomy, you understand body mechanic. Um, you know physics uh, uh, in general Um, and you will want a uh, probably a good performance that's going to showcase good facial animation uh, as well so those could be all within one performance or two different things definitely if you were going for VFX I think other uh other thing than just you know biped human whether it's a quadruped character or it's a flying dragon or what anything other than a biped is going to help (laughs) uh, for sure um and then i would say in terms of style usually it's more based on experience and uh (laughs) taste Do, do you want to are you going more for VFX and game cinematics which usually goes more towards realism or more <laughs> with, you know, uh, um, short film and animated feature that is more, fr- uh, uh, you know, keyframe animation, very snappy. So th- the right. style that you're going to take is usually going to really imply like what you did in the past or where <laughs> you want to go. So you, you don't need to have something super realistic and something super cartoony just to make sure that you... Um, but, yeah, physicality performance and different anatomy, not just biped could be quadruped and flying and all that to show that you um, that, that that you uh, you're able to uh, really understand anatomy but on different kind of uh, characters and and creature.
1: Got nothing to add. Only thing I would say is if you are, in fact, new here, uh, again, welcome um, and anybody else who's in the chat that might uh, might not be piping up, that might be new here. A quick note that uh, we've been doing this for a while, so we get a lot of common questions like this one is a very top, a, a, a popular one, like what do I put on the reel? Um, just mm-hmm. FYI, there's a treasure trove of, uh, of information, um, especially I would point you towards our new podcast where um, Scott has been editing down, he calls it uh, Bytes. Uh, I think they're called Agora Bites. Basically, he goes and he kind of cherry picks little... Cool little you know bits and you know little little piece of advice here and there that'll come up during streams like this and even streams like our conversation with. Um, so if you are looking for a lot of really just good high level advice, that's very commonly asked by communities like this. That I would highly recommend you go go uh, give that a listen. Um, mm-hmm. um and, you know, and by all means keep coming back here and keep asking your questions. I'm just I just want to let you know that you might be pleasantly surprised with a lot of really great wisdom that's already just available for you to to binge on whenever you feel the time or the need um so let's see we got a we got from veronica let's do it our very own how do you get better at accepting compliments about your work why do you (laughs) think artists tend to be so bad at accepting compliments about their work oh that that's an that that no it's not an
2: easy one but for me it's very clear uh why is that most artists Uh, associate themselves with their work. So basically, Mm -hmm. if we're praising their work, it's as if we're praising (sighs) them. And Mm -hmm. some people are less comfortable to be put under the spotlight. Just in general, yeah. J- not just, just artists in, in, in general and by the way it it's a good rule for the opposite if your work is being destroyed if you're <laughs> someone that has a hard time to take a compliment about mm-hmm. your work because you make it about yourself you're That's going right. to feel emotionally destroyed yourself when your yeah. last animation is being destroyed in in review so so i don't think i mean maybe for one side of the equation, being able to accept, you know, compliment, that might be years of therapy. So let's not go there yet. <laughs> but just <laughs> detaching yourself from your work. Yep. I'm yep. media artist. And this is the latest piece of work that, that, I, that I've done. Sometimes mm-hmm. my work is great. Sometimes yep. it's garbage. It mm-hmm. depends on the level of inspiration yeah. and motivation that, that I have. So this way, at least, you're not going to take it too personal, whether it's on the compliment side on, or on the destruction side of things. Yeah,
1: um, I I think it's it goes back to what you were saying earlier. It's like you know you have to find a way of keeping an arm's length as as best as you can, not taking it personally. Yes, mm-hmm. your artwork um, does not define you. It does not. Yeah. So it is not in a personal attack on you. Um, it's going to feel like that because, as artists, we put a lot of ourselves into our work. So that's why it's difficult. It's not easy. Yeah. I'd also say on this particular topic, I think that, that you would probably find if we did a lot of think if we did spend enough time thinking about this, I think we'd find a lot of interesting, complex intertwinings with another popular topic that comes up a lot on our streams, which is the imposter syndrome. If you are thinking that you're truly an imposter, and someone shines a bright light on you, um, saying that you know, look, look how great you are, it it forces you to like it, your, your reflex is like, Oh my God, they're going to, there's the spotlights on me. They're going to discover that I'm just a fraud. It's like, it makes people want to scurry back into their little hole. And I mean, there's, you know, there's a little bit of going on. There's some of the psychology there is, is overlapping here. So um, it's complicated. It's complicated. But I think the best advice is what David already said, which is like find a way to try to, keep at least a professional arm's length from your work. So, you know, yes, take the compliments when you can. Don't let it go to your head, but also don't, you know, don't cry like a big baby and sulk in the corner. If you get some, some, some criticism about your work, because trust me, it's going to happen. So you just have to prepare yourself.
2: Yeah, and, and try to accept the the compliment. There, there's many often the reactions that oh no, you're kind of going to undermine yourself mm. because you're uncomfortable. No, just yeah. take it. Just understand take that it. it's about this, and, and it's totally. not about how good you are. You can make yeah. it just as oh yeah, I'm re- I'm also really happy with the work. I work I work really hard mm-hmm. at it. So it's about the amount of work that you. have Yeah. Had
1: to do totally. this
2: it's not effort. you and how good you are no yeah. it's the effort that you've put
1: exactly uh,
2: in there Wrecking. and then yeah. obviously ideally you know maybe hmm. your peers and the team had something to do so you yep. take the praise you accept the praise and then you share the praise with the other people around yep. you and yep. that's usually how you deflect it back to the the universe yep. and then you can just <laughs> move on <laughs>
1: It's all about that universe, man. Put it, put, put it back out there. The good vibes. I would say, uh, also an interesting thing, just a side note and it's going to break a lot of people's brains when I say this, cause you're going to be like, Oh my God, it's, he's totally right. Um, <laughs> We all know we know people that are very negative. You know, we've all worked with very negative, miserable, jaded people. Um, fun fact, most of the people that I know like this are usually the ones that are bitching, and complaining about how they're never recognized. And then they're also the ones that are often very awkward when someone gives them the compliment. It's like they're just they're just hell bent on being miserable. They just they just and, and don't let yourself be one of those people. Like allow yourself, like David said, let take a win. Enjoy it. It, it. Bask in that recognition, and um, and uh, because it's not always going to happen, you know, you're going to maybe need to remind yourself mentally of that moment the next time you're taking a licking because you know you you win some and you lose some, and uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, my friends. Yep. Um, do people? Is there an expression in, in French like this? The way the, the this is the way the cookie crumbles. Do you have an, an, an I, I have
2: no idea what it means. So oh, okay. I, I said something.
1: <laughs> I said it to Christine the other day. and She's like, "Cookie crumbling? What the?" F-? And I'm yeah. like, "Oh, I guess you, that one doesn't compare." I, I doesn't, didn't doesn't want fit. to
2: break the flow, so I was like, yeah. "Okay, I have no idea what that means." But it's a, it's what, a popular it mean, English.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm old, so maybe people don't say it anymore. But the way the cookie crumbles essentially is like deal with it cookies crumble enjoy the cookie regardless of the crumbling stop complaining about the fact it's crumbling and just eat it damn it big baby okay so i got one last question for us we got two minutes left can you think we can do it i think we can do it
2: let's let's do it actually technically
1: technically we have have two last questions
2: I see well, 3 in there. We really? can spend 1 oh, minute. Per
1: well, I w- I, know. I wanted to make sure we got one more done from the backlog as well cuz I like to try to at least get the ones that Scott highlights otherwise I, you know, he beats me up after class. So All let's, right, so um, let's do
2: this one in a super okay. speed run for for the others. Okay.
1: Okay. So the one from backlog and we'll do a speed run for the others. Got it. Roger. Um, okay, here it comes. This is from Anem Rogue. Yes. When working on a team where English isn't the first language, how do you make yourself understood? At times I have to repeat myself and I'm wondering if, uh, if, if I'm an inefficient communicator, especially when it comes to written communication. Wow, what a good question. Mm-hmm. Especially poignant um, mm-hmm. uh, considering so, I work surrounded by Francophones and I yeah. suck at French.
2: I I feel your pain. Myself, I'm a French-Canadian that went. I I worked in uh, Australia, London, and California. And the the first time I moved abroad, it was in in (laughs) Australia. And my English wasn't good at all so (laughs) i can relate to this feeling of this language uh, barrier and in montreal i have also run meeting in english even if there was literally one or two people (laughs) in the room that didn't speak french you literally had 10 people that were speaking french that were all speaking in english to various degree of success (laughs) uh for the the minority that, that 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 was there but that's something that is frequent in uh montreal um So how do you make yourself understood? Um, I would say if we're from the the speaking part, uh, I would say, uh, speak maybe slower, not to the point that it's annoying and they think that you're condescending, uh, Mm -hmm. to, to to them, but you know, sometimes just slowing down a little bit, uh, your choice of words, uh, there's a, a, um, I don't know how many uh, uh, word uh, someone that speak I- English, like let's say 20,000 and someone like me actually use maybe 4,000 or something like that. But there's something <laughs> in the, the words that you're using, especially if you're speaking with people that don't understand English properly, lower your vocabulary level to let's say high school or, you know, to a level <laughs> that there's no words in there that they, they will be like, what, what does it mean? No, just keep, keep them simple. Um, and I would say probably uh, body language and expression is, I mean, 80% of the communication that we're doing is with the tone that we have, facial expression, how what we do with our body, how we gesture. Uh, there's a lot that is communicated there. So, you know, maybe yeah. overplay a little bit the, 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 the body language, the expressivity, um, you know, adjust your vocabulary level and just reduce a little bit the speed of your speech. And that's going to help people that are not very good in English in this situation to better understand, uh, understand you.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that, um, I think it's, it's, uh, put yourself out there. Don't be shy to, 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 to remind people and to just say something like I, I do that if I'm speaking to a room full of people that don't, because I speak, as you probably all know, I tend to speak very quickly. And so I have a tendency to just go off like a rocket. And so I'm going to usually, when I'm in a room full of people that I know may not be able to follow, I will just say right off the bat, I have a motor mouth. I go very fast and I get excited. So don't be shy to just let me know, just, tell me to slow down. And it, it just remind me, I'm not going to be offended. I would rather, because it, it, in, in an industry like this, comprehension is very important, right? I think it's important regardless, but when the devil's in the details, I think it's, it, it's extremely important, especially if you're in a leadership role. You want people to understand, and maybe there's other ways. Like for instance, something I've learned uh, living here among uh, uh, all of these francophones is that they have to deal with this very difficult scenario of you could have a bunch of directors that are from all over the world who probably speak more often than not, the common language is going to be English, and you will be in a room like I've been a director in a room full of like twenty five francophones, and it feels very wrong and weird for me to be then presenting to them in a language that some of them are not very good way good at. And it's it's all also the other way around. Like they are like, okay, I'm going to talk to a bunch of, Eng- of anglophones, and I'm going to speak only in French. Like what's the so what they decided to do, which I always thought was kind of interesting. Um, I have. I, I have my opinions on 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 how to make it even better, but their policy when I was there, I don't know if it's still the same, is they would present in the um in French, because the 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 majority of, of people working at that, that company here in Montreal uh, were French for sure, but their slides were in English. They needed to have slides in English my problem with that it was it's a good it's not bad it, but the problem was is that the debates and the question and the sort of the, the spitfire the things that would happen uh, w- that were provoked on a topic they would then essentially deteriorate usually into french and now the anglophones are not able to 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 follow and then now their voices are not being heard or they don't really understand what the, what's even being talked about so i think that it's a good idea to try to think in multiple media dimensions because it can help but then just know that if it does spiral into a conversation, you'll still need to find a way of maybe even have someone who's willing to translate after the question. Take the time. If you want to make sure people can understand, you want to make sure that people understand. It's plain and simple. So just think of some tools that you can bring to the table and uh, maybe think outside the box even and come up with some solutions. Um, Okay, so that's it from the backlog. We have more, but I mean, we're not going to have time to get to them tonight. So let's try to tear through what's left on chat. Um and by the way, thanks for all the great questions. Uh, both on 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 social and tonight. Uh you you you've all been amazing. Uh throwing us some some sweet heat. I don't where are these other oh there's one. Okay, I see. Okay, I got it. Um one of these ones I'm gonna have to read first. Uh okay, so applying to a company can this is from Corey D Animates. Applying to a company can and um can can an applying artist ask for a test knowing their skills is uh, are, are not hireable interview ready yet and how to get word in for that intention the goal to uh, the, the goal would be to start building up speed and understanding what holes they may have that that a test would expose note it would not be used in a demo reel after trying the test thank you that's a great idea actually
2: mm. um, that's something i don't <clears throat> think i've ever I've seen never or heard this. and it's it's not going to i don't i think it's not it's just not going to happen uh because the reason um mm-hmm. so is it during the application or is it during the sounds interview? like it's during oh, the, applica- it's during the application
1: yeah okay um so it's like my, the person's going in thinking they're not going to do well in the test but they want to try anyways just because they want to sort of practice and like build their skills up
2: can an appliance ask for a test? Okay, so it's them. So it's instead of the studio asking for a yes, test, it's yes, the appliance exactly. that I know my reel, maybe not, but yes. give me a test and I want to prove myself.
1: Yeah, I think the point here is you're worried that if it's going to look poorly on you, if you do the test and it's a disaster because you know you're not there at the skill level yet, so you're just trying to be open right away saying, hey, um, I don't plan on passing this test, but I'd like to try anyways. And also B, can I put that on my reel afterwards? I think is the... In, oh, in a okay. nutshell, let, Brent, let
2: me reread because what you describe yeah. is not at all what okay. I what okay. I'm understanding no, re- from this question. Reread it. This, what I'm understanding is that someone that applied that would purposely ask for a test to to yes. to show their own uh, their own skills.
1: Well, okay. So hold on a second. Can I, can't, a, I can't read oh. it. When, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You won't be able to read all of it though. Like, all right. It, can an applying
2: artist ask for a for a test knowing their skill is not horrible? Interview ready. Yet. yet And how to get the word. Okay, so it's basically my sure is not good enough. I don't yes. have the experience. I, I'm yep. not hireable, but I yes. know that I'm good. So please give me a test so I can prove myself.
1: Oh, that's not how I see it. I see. I see. I think they feel like they're not knowing that their skill is not hireable yet, and not so they don't think they're good. They know that they're a student and they're so, learning. So,
2: Brand, this is perfect. We're going to provide two answers. <laughs> I, love it, I love it. We're I each like going it. to provide what good. we understand. So about much for rapid fire.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> if you're asking the studio to provide you a, a test, uh, mm-hmm. the studio are, are probably going to tell themselves so. If you ask her for a test, why didn't you take the time <clears throat> at home? Because probably this studio is not going to pay for the test anyway. So why don't mm-hmm. you take this time at home to create better animation to showcase what you can do and mm-hmm. put those animations in your showreel to not have to ask the studio that, please give me a test because I know that my showreel is not um, uh, uh, on par with what you're uh, looking for. So if I properly under- understood the the, the the question, I I think it will... It, it, it might be um, not necessarily awkward, but I think that they're going to wonder why you're asking them a specific test instead of just doing better animation on your own that you can put on your showreel and then you send it in your application.
1: OK, so my version of this, I, I, he's still here, I think. So it'd be great to hear who, who interpreted it the right way. Um, um, but I, uh, the way I see this is, is it's, you're, a, you're a, probably pretty new at this. You're, you're trying to learn. You figure one of the best way of learning is to challenge yourself with the same kind of test that people that are applying for the job and getting the job are doing that way in your mind, you're sort of like, you know, what's the point of training? Like, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, d- I don't know, I'm trying to think of an analogy, but like you're training for baseball, sort of uh, uh, try to hit uh, baseballs out of the park when really the sport you want to be playing is is soccer. So you want to go specifically after that skill and you think the best way of doing that is to like run the same gauntlet that these other sort of like um, challengers have run before you. I get it. And, and, and if that's the case, I don't see there being a problem with it at all. Just be upfront. And it's, it all comes down to building a brand. Uh, like uh, like um, you know, Manny would have said a long time ago, there's no reason why you can't start a Relationship with these recruiters and be like, and honest. Be like, look, I know I'm not going to get this job, but I dream of getting this job one day. So if you could give me a test, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to work on it, because maybe, maybe the best case scenario, maybe if you, if you, if you come at it that angle, maybe you're, and I'm certain not making any promise for anybody, but maybe one of the supervisors is going to be inspired by that, and they're going to even give you feedback on that reel. It could happen. It, it's not. I would do it if I heard that story. I would be moved by it, and I would want to kind of give you feedback so you, I could help you know maybe where you need to learn some of the skill where you might be lacking in some of the skills um, worst case scenario yeah you have some work that you can put on your I don't think anybody was, uh, is ever going to be like the, the only question is is whether you're using one of their proprietary rigs and you sign some sort of waiver saying you're not allowed to use it somewhere but if not I mean you did it for free anyways so I don't see why you wouldn't be able to put it on your demo reel and you could just ask them like just be completely transparent because I think that that is a very noble thing to do because everyone starts somewhere, somewhere every, every animator that's a, that's making amazing things right now there was a Day where they were starting their first day and they didn't know anything and so people are going to you know like just you, you know that and and um, maybe you'll you'll get somebody um, who's going to take a, a liking to you just because you're being so earnest and upfront about it who knows you never know so who, who is right who is it who interpreted it the right way I don't know
2: I, I was just reading in the chat that curry has 10 years of experience but was, that's something that oh. he was uh, mushing uh, about oh, okay he doesn't want to but... pick favourites no, uh, we won't know who has the <laughs> the better interpretation of this of this question. Yeah, but
1: I think it's great because it 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 does work both ways. I think it um you know it could because it, it both those scenarios could be realistic theoretically in my mind. Okay, let's move up. I think we had uh, how do you accept you? no? I think we have one more. I though I I see oh. only one more unless I'm missing one. All right, okay. last one. Okay, here we go. Um. Okay. Is it better? This is from YT YT Displant. Why is it better to learn and have um, rigging under your belt as an animator and others? So I guess basically, how why 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 make why make yourself well-rounded? I think is the question.
2: Yes, I mean you want to be the best that you can be at your expertise, and you want to have a decent amount of experience and knowledge to <clears throat> those things in periphery yeah. to what you're doing. So for animators, uh, it, it could be you know drawing, for, uh, for instance. It could be uh, uh, rigging, because definitely this is allow. First of all, you can create your own rig. You can speak with the rigger you understand is reality. You can speak the same language, because when he tells you, oh, but I have this problem, you you can come up with good solution that would make sense uh, in the context of uh, production. <laughs> um, it can be technical animation, how to put your, uh, your animation into a game uh, engine. Uh, You know, whatever department is close to to yours, usually it's good to develop some of those skills. can be scripting as well. So it can be both artistic or technical. So be the best animator that you can have, but some of those skills, a bit of rigging, a bit of scripting, maybe a little bit of drawing, they're definitely going to build the foundation Uh, And are going to allow you to progress because we're, you know, it's a big team effort. The better you're able to work with the other teams and usually understanding their reality by having tried it yourself is a good idea. Uh, The better you're going to progress in your career in general.
1: I'm going to boil this down to two main topics in my mind. And one of them is um, um, efficiency with communication. Um, and the other one is going to be empathy. So basically, the analogy I would use if, is if you are a F1 car pilot, and uh, you literally try to talk to the engineers that are the ones constructing this friggin' like terrestrial rocket ship that you're going to be riding and competing with. Um, it, does it make sense that you go to them with a "Hey, so the thing in bog in the back uh, left uh, is making a wee 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 noise. Can you fix that? That'd be really great." As opposed to like you know what the you know there's definitely something going on with the rear. Axle, I can hear it rattling. You don't need to be a pro to have that conversation, but you need to have at least a basic understanding of of, the, of basic like automobile mechanics for you to be able to interface with these people that specialize. And think about it, you're depending on these people. And then the empathy. Uh, so that's the communication part. The empathy is um, we depend on these people uh, every day. Um, and I think it makes sense to always be able to, to be able to see it from their perspective, because sometimes you get frustrated with people in other departments. And like, w- w- if you can spend enough time to understand the crap that they go through all the time, and what about the department that you send your stuff to? This is a great idea because then you kind of have perspective on, you know, maybe some of the things that you're doing is making their lives miserable. And you can anticipate some of those things because you're like, oh, yeah, I would hate it if somebody sent me like that. That sent me a file. It was like that. So I'm not going to do that to them. So it's going to just make you better liked. You're going to make better allegiances and make you know better relationships on the production floor. And you're going to be able to communicate better and get what you need more fast, more faster, more efficiently. <laughs> That's it. My final answer.
2: So the answer is yes.
1: The answer yes. is yes, 25. <laughs> okay, so we're at a, We're way out of time. We're a quarter after. Um, so, David, it's way past your bedtime. Thank you yep. for being here tonight. Um, go into your crypto um, sort of cryo, cryogenic freezing that you do uh, when you sleep your <laughs> five hours a night, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.
2: All right. Thanks, David. Bye, everyone. Bye
1: um okay well that was fun an energetic set of questions uh always produces a very interesting um uh, stream Uh, just a reminder we're not going to be around next week uh don't worry we haven't disappeared we are just out for the week um and uh, we will be back full force we're preparing some fun fresh stuff for you in february um so yeah i guess that's about it we do have some regular we just don't have a qa next week but we do have um, actually a uh, stream next week um, on the Monday I think I said I said this yesterday um, but yeah and you, you guys know where to look if you're if you're curious you're new here just go to agora.community slash live it has our schedule right there you can also subscribe to our google calendar and um, and that's uh, that's gonna give you all the goods as well um that's it for tonight I'll talk to you soon have a really good one stay safe out there stay animated you know the drill see you on next stream
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects, and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs, and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.